everybody. Welcome back to your favorite Nerdcast. This is Play Games Lose Friends. I'm here with Ryan, and Ken is back as well. <laughs> I'm here Thanks with Ryan. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Yep. Nice. See how much you screwed us up? So I, we recorded about eight minutes so far, and Ken goes, oh, shit, hold on, Ryan. And then silence for like three minutes, and he comes back. He's like, I forgot to charge my headphones. And we yeah. were just talking about how we've only made 21 of these so far that you think you'd have figured this out by now. But yeah, I'm still learning. Not. I'm still learning. Uh, I'm uh, I'm a work in progress, always. And so now whatever hamster is powering your computer <laughs> yes. and old-style phonograph that you're recording through – Make sure everything's working okay. Yeah. I put some coal on it, so we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure you clean up afterwards. Always. Welcome back. Uh, we've got a, a pretty good discussion tonight. We got our Everdell Kickstarter fulfillment finally and roughly within a week of each other. So we're going to chat a little bit about that. I got the complete collection. I think you just got the, some of the expansions in the big box, right? Yes, because I had all the – I had four other collector's edition versions. Yeah. Um, so I just got the two new ones, the little trays, and then the big giant box. So nice. I've been deconstructing and reconstructing uh, for the last couple nights. So I uh, I just finished my stickers. We'll talk about that. Oh, I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> what, a, what a project that is. Oh. Uh, we, we got some games played uh, since last time for a board game night, and we're also both hooked on Marvel Snap, so we'll chat a bit about that. Even though it's not a board game, it's still relevant, damn it. Oh, it's we're relevant. Hooked, so we're going to talk about it. Uh, and we're also going to review Everdell. We've been playing that game for – several years now and yeah. uh, I've always loved it and enjoyed it, including a lot of the expansions, but just never got a review. So no better time than the present now that we've got our fulfillments through the Kickstarter. Uh, so that's going to be what we do now that we've, you know, skipped over the technical difficulties yeah. for round, the 22nd time. And, round uh, two. <laughs> yeah, fight. <laughs> so quick shout outs and uh, we'll just, we'll just quick skim the beers. I don't think we're drinking anything uh, groundbreaking in this case. So why don't, why don't you get us started, pal? Yeah. So um, real quick, just wanted to shout out our friends at the Drunken Disordered Podcast. It is a podcast about Kings of War. Um, they have about two or three episodes behind. So hopefully they uh, get their butts Shots in gear fired. and get some content out because uh, I enjoy it. I think everyone would as well. Uh, but we need to get some uh, new irons in the fire. I want to hear about the Nerd Hammer GT and how that went since neither of us could make it due to family obligation. Well, at least yeah. it was family obligations for me. You were probably figuring out how headphones work. So, yeah, I was uh, uh, actually chiseling them out of stone uh, so we could podcast this evening. Oh, man. You, I hope you have a neck pillow. <laughs> it's going to be bad by the end. <laughs> They're heavy. Yeah. So, drinking, drinking. I am drinking. Uh, Deuce Juicy again. I think I talked about it last episode. Deuce Bigelow, as you refer to it just recently new england ipa nine percent still still tasty gonna drain that keg all by myself because you guys are too afraid to drink it since you actually have to drive home yeah I understand i guess it's tough it's tough because it's so good and i really want to uh drink it um but you can only have one ish <laughs> yeah it's a hard <laughs> way to start yeah it's tough especially when you get here and you're not an empty stomach and before you even put it single potato chip in your mouth it's uh half a nine percenters gone so that'll do the trick how about you i am drinking the sort of flagship beer from founders out of michigan it is their all-day ipa 
Uh, it is a session ale. It's a 4.7. Uh, this is basically, you know, their, uh, you know, their lager or, you know, you know, their, uh, Miller Lite from those kind of companies. Uh, it's an amazing, uh, IPA. It's good sipping beer. Uh, you can do, uh, just about anything with it or do anything while drinking it, I guess we'll say. <laughs> I think you could do anything with it except compare it to Miller Lite. I feel like you should wash your mouth out after that. I just meant more of like it's their flagship beer or like, you right. know, their key good. beer. Not that it, it's, uh, that Miller Lite even can hold a candle to anything that Founders makes. <laughs> I thought uh, maybe your taste buds just fell out of your mouth for a while. No, no, no. My taste buds keep getting better, and I can't drink other beers. So. <laughs> it's good to know. It <laughs> is very good. That's one of my favorite summer beers, too, because it's low ABV. You can just pound them yeah. and then get a really bad headache. Yeah, it's just such an easy, nice 15-pack to pick up <laughs> and then kill it in three days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if not, I have a problem. You have a problem. <laughs> All right, oh, let's uh, let's hop into uh, what we've played. So we got a board game night in, and uh, we got three things to the table. I'm not even going to talk about War Chest because this podcast now is officially <laughs> sponsored by AEG and War Chest, I think, for the it number of be. times we brought that up. It the only thing be. I will say is that we played with a new member. Kirby got to join us for that game, and uh, he had no idea what he was doing, and we completely had our way with him and Joe. <laughs> it was yeah. not even remotely fair. Yeah, I'm so glad I didn't pick Double Horse because that would have been even worse. Uh, oh yeah, it would have been. A, well, he could have left a little earlier, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that is true. But and uh, I, uh, I abused the marshal again. So you're Marshall. welcome, Joe. I hope you enjoyed that. Marshal's gonna marshal. Marshal's gonna marshal all over your ass. Uh, we played Dice Realms, so I wanted to talk about this for a little bit <laughs> because I bought this. God months ago and i i tried playing it with my son and he got about 20 minutes into the game and he looks at me and goes dad this is the most boring game you've ever asked me to play and coming from his mouth that's saying something uh but i i saw some potential in it right we i've gotten to play dominion with you a bunch now and there's yeah. a lot of comparisons between dice realms and dominions and i just didn't quite see it yet so i figured you know what we're gonna have everybody here Let's uh, let's get these in. So we played Dice Realms and, and Verdant, which we'll talk about in a bit. That was another Kickstarter that fulfilled. So Dice Realms is you build dice faces. Uh, you start with two dice and you have a bunch of variable faces, some that grant wheat, some that grant victory points, some that defend attacks, some that uh, give you gold to buy more stuff. Um, very similar to Dominion in a lot or of ways. Or you can get the special, the special die faces, right? There's like what five that you put out. Yeah, I think there's sort five. of like a market, so like a shared there's market. There's like pool. this Santa Krampus sack of of tiles that you pick out of, and you what color five is it? randomly. It's a black sack, just mm. like Krampus's. So you pick five tiles randomly. I just picked the starting ones that are recommended in the rule book, so we could get the chance to play it and see how it played. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it that much. You actually hated it until you almost won. And because let, let's dive into this a little bit. So yeah, I got really, thoughts. I got real angry real fast. Yeah, you did. Uh, Give and me, then, so you just started amassing negative victory point tokens early because we kept rolling. There's one die called the fate die and you can roll one of the, there's a 33% chance you roll winter. And if you roll winter, you basically have to pay grain for every die that you own. And a die basically counts as like a realm, right? You're feeding your people or whatever. And you just kept getting hammered by this and we're starting to get mad. But that that aside, well, 
So I want to know <laughs> thoughts on this game from you. Being a Dominion person and loving Dominion, why does Dice Realms work or not work for you? Um, I think I think uh, Dice Realms is a comparable alternative to Dominion. So, for example, like if you are new to the hobby and you don't want to buy Dominion and it's 13, 14 expansions and you just want to basically get 14 expansions in one box, then I think Dice Realms is the call. However, that winner, Fate Die, is a horrible idea. <laughs> I think that is the worst part of that game. Um, that fate die itself, I think is just, it's not needed. Uh, honestly, if we, if, if we were to ever play again, I would say we don't need to roll a fate die. The fate die does nothing to the game. It, to, to add fun. All it does is add stress and anxiety that you don't need in that game. That game is enough turn angst and roll angst. Like you would when you're flipping cards in Dominion, you know, or you're rolling dice in like a dice throne. You do not need that added sort of it, – again, I don't see why. It makes no sense to me. Now, again, I'm not a board game designer. But it felt like, hey, I like Dominion. Let's do Dominion things with dice Oh, and to make it different, here's another dice that will punish you immersively every round because you're, you have a chance of rolling the negative thing more than the positive stuff. And that just, why ruin the game experience? Cause that's where it was for me. Like, cause the chances of rolling, like you build deck to get wheat so you don't get winter eyes, but then you can't advance the game and do any other strategy. Like it just, it's, it just didn't make sense to me. Does that track at all for you? So like, I, I think it's there. I, I don't mind it so much. I, I do mind the fact that we rolled winter, like more it was like than seven times in a row. Yeah. Like it was it bad was, luck, but yeah, but, yeah, but the game shouldn't be based on luck. It's a skill based game right now. Granted mm. you're, from from a from a Your deck building rolling. or a dice building. No, no, I no, no. But I'm saying from a from a dice rolling perspective, right? Like, just like you, when you're building your deck in Dominion, you're building your dice. So you're trying to, uh, you know, you're you're trying to do like a min max type thing with um, trying to upgrade, right? And you're doing all this upgrading to try to get cooler dice to try to get more points, and then you're being like, oh, winter's coming. You know, enjoy the rest of your uh, not winning. Like that's just not wheat. cool. Yeah, who who do you, who eats that much wheat? Right. I like shredded wheat. Uh, you would. And so, I, believe it's, I believe it's pronounced wheat. shredded wheat. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's make sure we get that right. Wheat. There's a lot of wheat. It's wheat. Uh, so I, I think so. You can randomize the the tiles that you pick, right? And some of them have attack faces, and some of the attacks take grain away and some of the attacks destroy die faces. So I think part of the reason it's there is when you play like a passive game, there's still a risk of, Hey, I need to have enough wheat to be able to feed people. If something happens, I think that's part of the reason it's there. So it's trying to balance and all it does is take away fun. That's just, that's, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it, it's, it's annoying. Because you could just amass wheat forever, right? 
Like there's, you never lose it. So where's the point in gaining it? Right. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, I get it. It's like, that is only to protect you from winter. Right. And like, but yes. why even have that mechanic? Then fix the wheat mechanic, right? Get rid of your wheat. realm, you have to feed your people. No, you don't. It's not an Uwe Rosenberg game. I don't want to live in your country. No. You don't. <laughs> they can fend for themselves. <laughs> You'll eat all the wheat yourself. <laughs> like, you know. They uh, can fend for themselves. <laughs> they can survive uh, off the, uh, you know, the drippings from the ceiling, you know? Uh, that's fine. <laughs> I'm still out. So the other thing that I wanted to ask you about with that, I knew you would go off in the winter or the fate dive. Dude, that pissed me off so much. That got me so mad. And then I almost, and then, and then I was like, all right, screw you dice rums. I'm going to prove that I don't have to ever get wheat and I'm going to try to win without wheat. And, uh, I came so close. (laughs) You did. Well, you you were getting wheat because you were like, F this, I'm getting these, these plowshare guys. You got the plowshare. Dice faces, what, two of them, I think, or three? That was the one where you get wheat and then you get to re-roll. Yeah. So I built up a little bit of a surplus. But that didn't also stop me from getting negatives. I had – what did I have? 30 points of negative? <laughs> like – and and but which also means I had like 28 points of positivity because my end score only had like minus two or minus four. And I came in second, if I remember, right? Yeah, something like that. Like, and it wasn't a far swing between first and second. And again, it's not about winning, but for me, it was about beating that stupid mechanic. You know, I, I don't know. Your moral it, victory for the yeah, night. Yeah, I still win. I know the paper said otherwise, <laughs> but I feel like I won, and I don't hate it as much as Hansa. So it's like, <laughs> it's like no. Hansa. I don't think there's anything you hate more than Dice Realms and then every other game. <laughs> like <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. There's other ones in there, but like you know what I mean. Like as a joke, but yeah. If you can preface it with Euro before the word game. Stop. I, you know what? We're gonna have we're gonna have to talk through this at some point because I feel like I have Euro games that I like. I don't we're know. We're gonna need to buy a padded chair and a notepad and just dive into this in, in great detail. <laughs> And the only way to really solve this problem is to force you to play more of them <laughs> that you might hate. <laughs> so Caverna it is. No. Uh, the other the other mechanic that I wanted to ask you about was – and this is the thing that I think I hate the most about it. And I didn't hate Dice Realms, but I don't like it enough to pick it over Dominion. I'd rather just have Dominion. But the end game scoring trigger – or the, sorry, the end game triggers. Oh, game my god. That – the game ends when – so there's a whole bunch of tokens. Uh, get, there's tokens uh, yeah, for you victory points. It. Sorry, I have so much to say, but you you explain it. Sorry, I'm there's with you. To- there's I'm, tokens I'm for victory hot. points. <laughs> I can tell. Tokens for wheat – sorry, wheat. There's tokens for uh, negative victory Negative tokens. <laughs> and as soon as someone – so you're, you're going to collect all different denominations of these throughout the game, but there's these larger 10 – point token so like a 10 weed or a 10 negative vp or 10 vp trip as soon as one person can't get what they need out of the lower denominations to take what they rolled they have to grab a 10 chip and then make change and as soon as somebody grabs any one of those 10 chips the game ends right that's it you finish the the round you're in and then the game's over um trying to explain this Maybe I just did a terrible job explaining it, or maybe this is one of the worst endgame triggers I've ever seen. Thoughts? Uh, so, <laughs> I have so much. Okay, so the first thing is, <laughs> how many players is the game 
up to, right? Is it up four. to five or six? It's only a four-player game? I'm pretty Why sure are there four. more than four of any of those tokens? I don't know. Right? Because it was like six to eight. It's not like you're going to eat them. Yeah, like, this, that's a waste of cardboard, right? Because you might have one, maybe two people that hit and need the ten tokens at the same time, right? But in the rare occurrence that you would need all four players to hit a ten, then you have four of everything, right? So that's twelve pieces. But there was so much. Now, again, that was just this, uh, ex- well, that's why it's $80, right? Cause they can, you can buy these extra pieces of cardboard that you're never going to see or use. Um, <laughs> so, uh, that end game's trigger is, Hey, Dominion does it this way. I can't steal Dominion. So, uh, instead of depleting a pile, what if you got a bigger token? It's just, it's like the reverse Dominion end condition. It's like a bad compromise. But again, I think it was, it's a, hey, how do I end this so it's not exactly like Dominion? Yeah. And no, it, I would it agree. went the opposite way. But that doesn't make it good. Because to cash, to like force you to make change and to force you to like cash in two, like, like if you need a minus two token, you need to take, and there are no minus two tokens to take because you got a winner and you don't have any wheat. You have to take two of your already minus two tokens. You put them back in the pool and you take a minus four so that now you can take another minus two, right? Like, that just is, yeah. it's too fiddly for no reason. Like, yeah, it, it, I would agree. It makes no sense. What, what the game should be, uh, winnerize and make change. That's what the game should be called. <laughs> right? Because it's it's nothing but devastation in winter, and you constantly have to make change. Whether that's wheat, or sorry, wheat, uh, negative tokens, or victory points. You, all you're doing is making change. And you can get messed up if you can't make change when someone ends the game. So you might be able to like like hoard points at the end, but you can't because they're not there. That's not cool. Like, well, no, you you would get to take a ten and then put your stuff. Well, back yeah, in. and then yeah, reduce. Yeah, I get it, but still, yeah. like, oh, okay, that's why. The, but again, you don't need more than four, um, right? But still, like it's it, like maybe I don't know. maybe there's some combinations where you could like go way over on a single roll because you're just constantly re-rolling. I guess that's possible. You have but, to have a lot of dice, and you can't ever yeah. get the dice because you're too busy feeding uh, <laughs> hidden people because they can't survive when the snow falls. That's just no, no. It makes no sense. These northeast winners learn how to toughen up. Yeah, seriously. I'm the PA. Know. I, there, there are some <laughs> things about it I liked. I like the speed of the gameplay. I like how quickly the rounds move. The autonomy players have. Also, There's a little you, bit more waiting in Dominion. I feel like there was less in this. Um, yeah, but you also but, have to trust that people know what they're doing and not cheating. Yeah, but I mean, and I, I kind question of, that. I kind of feel like that's the same way in, in Dominion. When no, no, Dominion, you can see. don't know Dominion, how discard can, piles work. That's different. No, in the <laughs> Dominion, you can actually see the cards being played and be like, ha, ah, wait, you yeah. only have one more action, not two, right? Yeah. Or you only get to buy one. Like, No, you're right. Know. Again, Dominion, games that have come out since Dominion and have picked up bits and pieces of it and then went their own way or added their own spin, there's a lot of them and they're all good. Right, they 
they're 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 good. This is like not good. Like like it, it there's aspects that are cool and 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 I think that they they got something, but like I feel like it got to the end of a deadline and there were like two or three things that like weren't finalized and like, ah, let's just throw that in. Like how does how does that get through playtesting? That that fate die. I went through a lot of playtesting that game. Yeah, but how does and that's how that's the final product? Like I'm concerned. And the thing that bugs me about it is it's Tom Lehman, and I love Tom Lehman's games. You love Tom you love his one game. No, I I played Roll for the Galaxy too. That's fun. No, I've never did that one. But so no, I get it. I, I think he's a great designer, and I do think Res Arcana is one of my all-time favorite engine builders, and Race for the Galaxy and Roll for the Galaxy are fun, too. But this game, I don't know why you would pick it over Dominion. I just don't. I don't think it's any better. I don't think it changes the genre of the you know sort of thing that Again, Dominion you don't need into. both. You don't need both. You don't need both. And then if- on top of that, the price point is really high. Like, just the basic box of Dominion gives you so much game for such a small price and dice realms when it, i think when it came out it was somewhere around like 120 bucks or something yeah, re- really high like, yeah retail was like i mean even like online retail the highest or the lowest i've ever seen it was like 75 yeah and right? i, I like, know i saw it recently for like 60 something there was like a deal of the day on uh game nerds or whatever but yeah, but no one's I know it. why it's so expensive. There's a, a there's million. a lot. You get a lot. Yeah, like, you do. I get it. It's like what you said. It's like you get Dominion with all of its expansions in a single box. However, like I just I don't see why you would want this over Dominion. I just don't. Unless you're like a huge dice rolling fan, like you just want dice instead of cards. That's really the only reason I can see. No, no, no. Like the the reason the reason why you would get this over Dominion is the fact that you don't own dominion but you want that experience and you get basically a base game and 14 expansions in one box for less money even though it's a high price point for the amount of content that's in that box it's worth the money that you pay it's just it's just not that it's good. just not as as <laughs> as, as, as good. it's just not as um fun as dominion I guess. and i will that, say to that it's one of the ugliest games that I own. Like <laughs> when Splatter puts out something that is slightly more aesthetically pleasing, you know you've effed up on graphic design. And, and like I know it's die faces and they're pretty hard to read and they've got symbology and everything to help like identify a lot of stuff. But I feel like it could have been done better. I really do. It's just such now, an ugly ass game. I will give it credit. That little wrench to pop the faces on and off <laughs> is awesome. The player board and, and the other – like, there's a lot. Oh, my God, dude. We could uh, – Yeah, I don't uh, want to eviscerate this too hard. But it, no, it's safe I, to say, like, it, it underwhelmed both of us, which is saying something. Because usually, like – Dude, that's there's two episodes that we, in a row. We had a rough one, man. I'm sorry. But What like, was the one I, before that? Hansa. Oh, no, I like Hansa. You well, shut up. Yeah, because you're bad. You're a bad person. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm a bad person and I should feel bad. Because yes. I like Euro games. <laughs> no, you like a Euro game because it made me miserable. That's why you like no, it. No, I, I think it's fun. I legitimately <laughs> like is, it. There's nothing fun about that game. I like it because you have to go at each other. And I, I just, uh, we don't have, we don't have enough games like that. We need more hatred and aggression in this group. <laughs> There's too much camaraderie now. I want people leaving with blood on their shirts. I want broken uh, bottles and blood. Nice. Uh, 
So I don't want to talk too much more about it, but it's safe to say I don't think it met expectations for me at all, uh, especially the pedigree of, of Tom Lehman. I'm going to sell it, I think, because I could take that money and literally go buy Dominion and like two expansions and I'm good to go. So yeah. I don't think it's staying in my collection. I think I'm going to purge it. Yeah, I, I – again, the only the only reason why you should keep it is because you don't have Dominion. But you'll never you'll never play it because you've – it's left a bad taste. Yeah, I, I just would rather play Dominion. So, like, I don't mind going out and spending. Like, I'll be able to sell Dice Realms for at least probably 50 bucks because it's brand new and played once. So, or yeah. one and a half times. So, I'll be able to turn around and buy Dominion with it and I'm happy. Then I can shuffle cards. So, that was Dice Realms. We gave, we gave it the old college try. Didn't work out. I don't, I don't think the other guys thought it was the greatest thing either. Uh, and I don't see anybody else kind of requesting to play that again, especially because the other two guys haven't played Dominion yet. And I know once they do, they'll, yeah. they'll prefer it because it's just, it's just better. Well, it's, it's just a better it's so game. so good. It's just well, it's, there's, I, I, there's a reason why. why. Yeah. Pappy. Yeah. 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 And we've talked about that before. So, yeah. Um, the other one we got to play, and this was a Kickstarter that arrived recently from uh, AEG and Flat Out Games, which is Verdant. So it is a spatial, uh, puzzly kind of game similar to Cascadia, which is their uh, most recent title that everyone loved and adored. And I think it won a Kinderspiel Award. Um, I don't remember which one, but it definitely won an award. And it, it won is some a good game. Spiel. <laughs> it won a Spiel Award. It was very good, yeah. Uh, Verdant is a house, a game about house plants. Now, we've played games <laughs> about birds, about walking through a meadow. Now we've we're also played on. games about other house plants. And we have <laughs> planted is fantastic from Phil Walker Harding. Who, if you haven't listened to our episode where we interview Phil, check that out because we talk a little bit about planted and, and all the other things. And Ken tries to uh, con him into giving summer camp expansions directly to him and no one else in the general public. <laughs> Dude, but, uh, we, happens. <laughs> we played Verdant. I hope Phil talks to us again after that. <laughs> I hope I didn't overdo it. <laughs> uh, so Verdant is a game about house plants. You get to play room cards and plant cards and you align the plants and the rooms together so that the light source that the plant needs matches up with the light source that the room provides. And then you put Verdancy tokens on your plants. And once you reach a certain number of tokens specified on the card, you get to pot that plant and score it at the end of the game. However, there's also about five other scoring conditions. Uh, plants next to rooms that match the same color give you some adjacency bonus points. If you place a token, uh, there's all kinds of different room tokens yeah, like cats, tokens. couches, lamps, fish bowls. In the same color room, it doubles that bonus. Uh, there's unique tokens like you just mentioned. So the more of those you have, the more points you score. But on top of those tokens, there's also these um, green thumb to or sorry, green tokens. I, I think they're called. I don't remember what they're called, but there's a shovel, a watering can, and a bag of fertilizer, and they allow you to add verdancy tokens to your plants so you can actually score them because that's generally where the bulk of your scoring comes from. So we got uh, one game of verdant, and I've also played uh, with my wife once who also did not hate it, which was a victory, Uh, but I wanted to see what you thought of it and kind of give me your impressions on the game, but also you've played Cascadia and which of the two you would prefer if you had to sit down and pick one. It's interesting because I feel like definitely this is more of a me game. So I enjoyed the Verdant experience. Um, I think it is a, like if you're looking at like a graph, right? <clears throat> and on one end of the spectrum, you have Cascadia. On the other end of the spectrum, you have Planet. 
Verdant is smack dab right in the middle because it takes aspects of both games and brings those two together. Now, granted, uh, Cascadia had, you know, or flat out has nothing to do with planted, but, uh, I do see some aspects of planted in that. And then there are clearly mechanisms taken from Cascadia. Um, yeah, I like, I actually prefer Verdant over Cascadia because it's, how do I put this? It's like a simpler, it, it, it's, it's more like, structured. Yeah. It's, it's like easier on the mind. I found myself having some AP with Cascadia just because of the vast amount of choices with now granted the, me- the mechanism for what you do here is similar, right? Like you take a tile and you take a thing, right? As opposed to what is it? A land condition and an animal. Yes. Right now. Uh, and then it adds something to the thing that you don't take, which again, I think is cool. Uh, but I felt like Cascadia, I had more time to plan more time to overthink <laughs> like I typically do. Um, now granted it works out sometimes in the long run, but with Verdant, yeah, it's snappy, quick decisions and you can get this game banged out in no time. You're just building a three by five grid. So you have to really, uh, almost chess like plan and think about where things are going to go, uh, in the future. However, know that your plans are not going to come to fruition. If you do, it's just by pure luck or, Someone else wasn't paying attention um, because it's very tough to try to get all the pieces. So you, you're you're trying to maximize each of your picks as best you can. Whether it's I need a room that can I can start planning for this next thing, or I need uh, or I need this tile because I have you know five other ones right. Uh, so you might take a you know you might use the column that has the token that you need. Um, versus caring about the room or the plant. But no, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, how do I put it? It's almost like Cascadia light with like unique, like, but just more like, uh, simpler decisions, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, th- I think the structure makes it seem simpler, but I don't think it is simpler. If that makes any sense too. like Cascadia is a little bit more clear cut with scoring. Like you're going to score, points for adjacent bodies of land that match and you're going to score points based off the conditions of the scoring cards for each unique animal type and that's generally all you're going to get aside from those pine cone those wildlife tokens cascadia seems pretty straightforward the hard part with cascadia is that the the hexes that you play together and how you play them is is completely open-ended the structure is up to you as you play and that makes it seem overwhelming to plan. Verdant doesn't have that problem. However, the, the the vast number of scoring conditions that are truly impactful in the final score, like Yeah, there's more math in Verdant. There is. <laughs> I think that there I mean, needs to be. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. And I with, with it being just 15 cards and, you know, a, a limited playtime, you have to make the most out of every single turn. And I really like that action economy sort of approach mm-hmm. where every turn you have to optimize your play. And there are turns too where like we didn't even talk about the green thumb tokens where they let you do a bunch of different actions. And one of those is pick a card that you want and a different token that's not matching it. So like it's that's not the very same powerful. one or being able to clear out cards or tokens if you want to get to the stuff you need. Um, 
Cascadia has that same mechanic with those wildlife tokens too, but I think in Verdant it's even more impactful because you only have 15 cards to play and you only get so many tokens. Yeah. So I thought it was t- a tighter experience than Cascadia and I feel like it's a better game, but I think Cascadia is – it's hard to choose like which one I like more because they play so differently. They're so similar in, in many ways, but they play very differently. I think well, I can yeah, wrap I my think head around using, Verdant better. Well, you're using different parts of your brain in a way. And so, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, the Cascadia is that longer term, bigger vision where, yeah, yeah that's you true. Know, where, Ca- where Verdant is like, I need to try to max, like, get the best possible pick right now and hope that, you know, you know, the next time around, uh, you know, a shady plant comes up. And, um, <clears throat> the mechanism that I felt was very much like planted was that hole where you have to feed feed your plants, the the little leaves, right? Planted plays very similar where you're trying yep. to get those resources to put on your plants. Um, and if you don't complete, if you don't feed your plant completely, you can't score it. So you might be sitting on an 11 point plant that you just don't, <laughs> you can never finish. Um, so you have to strategically think about the plants you're taking and then knowing how much, uh, how likely it is you get to fill how it. likely it is you yeah you'll be able to fill it but yeah yeah and I, I really like the pot mechanism too where if you're able to get plants to full verdancy early on in the game you're able to score these three two or one point pots because there's pots after those but they don't count for extra bonus points and i, I think it was either kirby or joe he had a had lot of plants a lot of early yeah. Yeah, so we had a lot of that. Like that's you know, I think if you get three of them, it's like a nine point swing in your favor, even if your plants are slightly less value. Um, so I don't know. The scoring in both feels really balanced. I know the Cascadia scoring can get a little out of hand if people aren't kind of hate drafting certain tiles away from other players. I didn't get that feeling in Verdant. I felt it was closer. Yeah. We didn't even play with the hidden bonus cards. Um, I know there's like bonus objectives for rooms tokens and uh plants and so the next time we play we got to add that in but uh i don't know i really liked it i don't know which one of those two flat out games i like better i I think i'll dig them both and they're both kind of unlike dominion and dice realms i could play either one of them because they're similar yet different enough that they offer a different experience for you when you play yeah it is not a direct copy and then like oh i don't want to make the exact same game so i'm gonna make it not fun like they're both fun Yep. And and we were talking today about their next Kickstarter just started recently called Fit to Print, which is another kind of uh you know, spatial awareness game where you're you're you've got like a newspaper and you're supposed to put articles and advertisements in and fit them together in such a way that you don't screw yourself out of uh printing everything that your paper is supposed to include, I guess. Um and I back that so we can, you know, hopefully play that at some point. But I I think flat out is doing a good job of knocking it out of the park with these kind of spatial puzzle games. They're, they're really good. And it shows with the Kinner Kinner spiel award for Cascadia. So I showed, uh, my wife, a six minute clip of fit to print. And she's like, how long does it take? I'm like, it says 15 to 30 minutes. She's like, Oh, that'd be good. I like that. I'm like, Oh, I just got that thing that I wasn't going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I ordered okay. two copies, so if you want, you're welcome to buy the other for $60 premium. <laughs> That's my friend rate, just so you know. Nice. Uh, I love, for me, it go- it doubles. Yep, yep. It's only 29 
Yeah, that was pretty nice. I got two copies of Verdant, turned around and sold one for a little bit more than what I paid, uh, which paid for part of my pledge for the first one. So I'm planning on doing that again with the flat out ones because it's just the more people get it and uh, I yeah. get to pay some of my pledge off, which is kind of nice. And it had the Kickstarter promos too, so there's a little extra sweetness in there. But great game. Glad we got it to the table. I plan on playing that one quite a bit more. My wife didn't hate it, so I think we're going to try to play it again. Um theme helps it's it's just such a chill kind of game like meadow is in some ways that you don't feel like you're screwing other players over and that's kind of nice once in a while to play games like that especially with people who hate me when i play aggressively <laughs> love you dear that was it uh, we didn't really play anything else um except for yeah. one particular thing which has distracted us from a multitude of things in life that we should otherwise not be distracted from and that is marvel snap so Full credit goes to you, my friend, for bringing this up to me and me being a dismissive jerk and saying, yeah, I'll never play that <laughs> like some crotchety old turd. Uh, you got started in it way sooner than I did, and then I got hooked, and a couple weeks later, I was like, dude, are you playing Marvel Snap? And you're like, I told you about this like a month ago, you idiot. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, well, it's fun. <laughs> so how dude, far – Dude, I can't believe – I can't believe I told you about it. You're like, I'll never play that game. And then like <laughs> – you're like, hey, did you did you ever hear about Marvel's? Yeah, that's what that's Alzheimer's like, does. Dude. I have no memory of things. What's your name? Oh yeah, that's right. So you're you're hooked. I'm hooked. Talk a little bit about yeah. what makes this so good. It's it's a card game on mobile and PC right now, and there's no yeah. like actual board game copies, so I know we're getting a little off topic here, but screw you guys, you turned in, you're gonna have to deal with it now. What got you so hooked? What's so good about this game? Um so uh, I like, well, <clears throat> there's a lot. Uh, number one, uh, I think the length of the games, that's like oh, yeah. five minutes. It's shorter super than Hearthstone. Super quick. Yeah. You can get in a game and get out of a game in no time. Um, so that's, that's a plus, right? So, <clears throat> and you, and you can do this in between things. So you can quickly throw up a round. You know, while you're waiting to vote in line, <laughs> right? Um, Is that really what you were doing? Dude, I could not keep looking at the people <laughs> in my community just knowing, like, I was – anyway, I don't want to get political. So, anyway, so I was just focused on my phone. Uh, plus, the new season started, so I have to rank up immediately because that's how I play. Um, so, um, so I like that aspect, the, the, the length and the duration. Uh the artwork of this game, um, amazing. Not, just just the base artwork. I'm not talking variants. Just the base art is awesome in this game. It's amazing. And then you add the variants, right? And then you add all the, the variants, upgrades the, the kid ones. to the cards. Oh, the baby, baby isn't there. The chibis, they're so good. Um, and then you add that sort of panini tops, sort of. I almost feel like they're making fun of real cards, like real trading cards. <laughs> like it's 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 poking at them, right? Because you get oh, you get a cool frame. Oh, now it's three D. Oh, now it's animated. Oh, now it's hollow. <clears throat> I just leveled up my second card to the max. You get another card, and then it just keeps getting cooler. Yeah, it, but it it resets. And then you have two versions of the card. So you have your first version, like your first level maxed out. Then your second one gets this like little diamond on it. And then you keep ranking that up. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm sticking with it, right? Because uh, I got a variant this morning, so now it's already <laughs> max leveled and flipped over into the next one already. I just um, love to to that point. Like I love <laughs> how they to to the point of where they're almost making fun of it. The voiceover work cracks me up too, because like the first time I, I upgraded a card, it's like frame break, and it's just like, oh, their elbows stick out a little further. Like they just enlarge the art, or the top of their head. Like yeah, it's like three D, and it's like I can see Hulk's you know shoulders move a little bit over the top. Like they they just dramatize the hell out of it to make you feel like you're getting something when in fact it's like oh, I just zoom that JPEG in and put it over top of this in Photoshop a little bit. But you I know, just changed the for some Z reason index. it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but um, so so that's cool. Um, and then the meat of this game is a fun, random yet highly strategic game. Uh, I know we talked about Mindbug in the last episode. This gives me Mindbug vibes. Totally, like where every card. Is powerful if used properly. Every card. Now, see, the difference between uh, this and Mindbug is Mindbug is completely random. You get 10 random cards. You don't make a deck. This gives you the deck construction. So it does have meta types. It does what, have like 12 that. cards in a deck? Yeah, 12 cards. So it does sort of have that magic slash hearthstone deck building meta game you know, tier system to it, right? So right now there's a move deck, there's a, a dinosaur deck, there's a zoo deck, there's a destroy deck, and then there's a control. So there's like five key, key sort of archetypes, and then there's variants in each of those archetypes. Um, and you find the one that synergizes with you that you win the most with. Cause at the end of the day, if you win games, you get more stuff, you unlock more things. And you get a higher rank, which then gets you more stuff, which gets you more things, which upgrades your cards. Like, it just is this never-ending cycle. However, I found out, and again, I won't know until I get there, once you get into pool three, and I don't know if – you and I didn't get to talk about this yet. I, I, I called a, a buddy of mine on the way home to talk about this because I don't know how I feel. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this has really progressed. So – uh, once you hit collect at level 474, that is your last – you get your last pool two card. Yep. Then the next two cards you get are your only two pool three cards. Then as you level up your collection, you just get the collector cash. And that is going to be boosters, credits, maybe variants, and maybe new cards in pool three. So there's a chance you can't necessarily – you may not be competitive in pool three because, because you don't have any don't cards. Get, yeah. So um, but but there might be things that mitigate this that I don't know because I didn't get there yet. But if you're looking at your collection after four level four seventy four, it starts to get like scary, and I'm like, I don't know. So I don't know if I'll hit a wall, but I'll find out soon. <laughs> <laughs> and then be able to, you know, be done. Maybe. We'll see. Um, but uh, so just this morning, uh, the new season started uh, to tie with the new Wakanda Forever movie. 
um, and it reset. So you lose 30 levels. So I was level 50, so I started at level 20, and now I've climbed back to 31 at current. Nice. And on the new season, I'm at number five on the season pass. So the last season that just ended, I think I ended at 72. Oh, wow. So I was able to get get a lot there. Um, and it looks like these new ones are going to go longer. So like um, this season, just looking at it, looks like it's going to go for the next two weeks, almost three weeks from now. That's pretty good. So it is going to be a healthy amount of time. Um, that they've added to this one versus the first season. That was just sort of like that launch season. Yep. Um, but they're constantly adding new locations. Like every three days is a new location. So you might have to change and tweak your deck to because you're going to see. So when they add a new location, there's a 40% chance of it always being one of the three locations. And basically you're just trying to get the highest amount of power in the three lanes. And every card is unique. Every card does something. Um, and every card interacts differently with the locations that you play them at sometimes or in combination with each other. So there's just, and, and it's only like what, a hundred cards or something like that, right? Yeah, it's, it's not a lot. lot. And, and yet there's so much variability, um, in this game. And, um, I haven't fell in love with a game like this, obviously, since Pokemon Go was the last big time I played a mobile game like this. Um, and, uh, I'm I'm hoping it doesn't feel like a like a huge awful grind when I get to that pool three level, but we'll see. Oh, it will. <laughs> <laughs> These games are all the same in some respects, and and I love it too. I'm I'm very much enjoying playing, and the game time is a big reason. It's easy to just get a couple games in, get a few wins, maybe get a little bit of progression on your collection level or whatever. It's it, it's fun in that the gameplay is actually fun and strategic. It's not super deep, but it's deep enough that and there's some psychology to it, which is cool too. Yeah. Like there's enough you, to overthink, which yep. is why it works for me. Yep. <laughs> um, the one thing that I, you know, obviously other than the grinding portion, which you mentioned already, and that, that usually causes me to drop out a lot of these games because I just don't have a desire to be a competitive mobile CCG player. Uh, the other thing that plagued hearthstone towards the end of my tenure playing it was rng or randomness um there's randomness in this and it's burned me in some games and i worry yeah. over time designers tend to lean on that to help avoid doing proper balancing we'll see if that happens with this game i think because it's a little bit more simplistic than hearthstone it may end up you know curtailing that getting out of hand like it did with Hearthstone, but RNG really damaged that game. I think it, we've played magic and, and, you know, heavier tabletop games like that, tabletop card games like that. Um, we like strategy and control and, and execution and deck building. Yeah. When you have too much randomness, no matter how good of a deck builder you are, no matter how good at you are at executing, it can just screw with you and cause you to, lose or ruin your plans or whatever and for those of us who play that way it's it's super super destructive towards enjoying the game so at this point in time they haven't overdone it but we'll see if yeah. they get there um but there are it's funny you mentioned that there are actually rng builds that yeah. like take the randomness and just sort of use it either exploit it 
or are just like, who cares? We'll see what happens. I'm having fun, right? Like, um, so like one of the cards, uh, is Jubilee and she'll, you play yeah. her and she <laughs> randomly plays a card. And I believe she pulls from the entire pool of cards. So she'll pull cards you've never even used or never even seen before. And it could be one where it's like, you lose the game. Like, I don't know. It's a little extreme, but like, it could be that crazy or like, Hey, you just won the game because you dropped this amazing card. Um, or those locations that like randomly add a card here. Um, like it's funny. Uh, I had, um, and again, <laughs> we talk about random. So there's a, uh, the green goblin and hobgoblin are cards where when they, uh, reveal their oh, minus hobgoblin. power. And then they fly over to your opponent's lane. So it was one of those random locations where they got to go first. So they pulled a hobgoblin. He flew all the way over to me, gave my whole lane minus eight. Then the card I flipped was activate on reveal abilities again. And it flips and goes right back over to their side at a minus eight. Like, so like there's randomness to it that could be. Humorous if you don't take it too seriously. Um, like there's a whole planet or a whole location where, uh, you don't even get to play your deck. The, the, the game plays everyone's deck. So you're just like, okay. So you just sit and watch your game get played for you, which I think is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, it's thematic. Then, it's nothing yeah. else. And then there's a, there's another card again in pool three, um, where she, if you, you, so you, if you have her, you automatically start with her in your opening hand and then she plays your cards for you. Agatha Harkness. Agatha, yes. And so if you get her accidentally on one of these randoms, it just completely throws you for a loop. So most people, you'll see them retreat immediately because they just don't want to even bother. Um, but I've enjoyed sort of the trying to, I, I don't know, I, I found it even more challenging to overcome the stupid random. That might happen, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it can, like I said, it can make a game better or it can make it worse. And, and they have to be careful not to add too much of it where it takes away player agency too far. They're not there yet. Hopefully they don't get there. But I think the game's simple enough. Hearthstone got a little complicated. This one's simple enough where I think they can hopefully mitigate that in some fashion. So, but yeah, this has us hooked and. We'll see how things go. I think I'm with you. We'll see at the end of the season when we both probably get closer to the end of the collection level grind what yeah. progression looks like past the, the first two cards in pool three. Because if it's if it's going to be a slog, I can see us both dropping out. But in the yeah, because there's so many good cards in pool three, and if yeah. like somehow you're just your deck is no longer viable. Because uh, again, we'll uh, we both have pool two decks. Uh, I'm running a destroy dino. Um, and it is like a 66% chance to win so far is, is how it, it's been working for me. Uh, again, sans randomness that just screws my whole deck up. Yeah. Um, but, um, but there, there's a lot of power and uniqueness in pool three. And much like the other pools, there could be useless cards in there. And if you get two stinkers, it's just not going to be cool. We'll see how it goes. I think for now it's fun and we're going to keep enjoying it. So if you have a 
a cellular mobile device or a PC and you're, or even an, a, a tablet, you're interested in playing a card game, new card game. It's fairly new. This is definitely one to check out. It's, it's very, very good. Yeah. I feel like it's what it's been out for what a month, something like that. Maybe uh, I think a little longer Three than weeks? that. Yeah. Or maybe a little over. Yeah. Maybe almost a month. Yeah. Yep. Good game. Lots of fun. All right. Let's, uh, let's hop into our, uh, a review for tonight, but before we do that, we we both got so we both have Everdell. We already had Everdell, and we've had some expansions. The, the Everdell sarcophagus edition. Yes. So now we both got uh, you know boxes the size of a small mini fridge in the mail. Uh, me, the complete collection. Even though I own some of it, I'm going to resell some of the old collector's edition stuff I have. And you got the big boxes with the Mistweave and, and New Leaf expansions. Um, yes. So let's just quick, you know, in a minute or two, talk about this. And I'm going to go first. Uh, holy mother of God, this box is enormous. It is larger than the Dark Tower. It is probably larger than Gloomhaven. Maybe not weight-wise as much as Gloomhaven, but pretty damn close. But it is really, really, really nice. The inserts are great. They're detailed. The screens on top are nice. Uh, all the components are the same high quality, you know, collector's edition components you've seen before. The uh, expansion content even made really it good. more somehow, right? Yeah, they even made it more collectible or more deluxified. <sighs> deluxified, yeah. The uh, you know the deluxe. I bought the deluxe resource vessels, so it's just like plastic containers for stuff because I'm a sucker for that. Those are really nice. The rule book, they, they compiled all the um, expansions <laughs> into a single like gilded rule book, which is really, really great. Uh, I bought the Tales from the Green Acorn like lore book that came with it for my daughter. That's really well done. It's just the complete collection is, if you're a fan of Everdell, absolutely worth the cost. Yes, it's a huge box, and transporting this around to play somewhere is probably going to be prohibitive unless you find a way to kind of store it differently. Um, However, if you are going to play Everdell, you'll carry that, you know? Yeah. Like. And you can play Omega Dell, which is literally every expansion <laughs> all together at once. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it'd be like playing Twilight Imperium at that point, I think in terms of complexity and length of time, but it's, it's an amazing production. I think Starling uh, deserves a lot of credit and Tabletop Tycoon as well for the execution of this. Yes, it took a while to get to us, but it was also a, a Kickstarter that ran over the probably the most tumultuous time ever in, yeah. in, in crowdsourced or crowdfunded games. Um, so the fact that they got this done and at the level that it is, uh, is just commendable and it is an absolutely beautiful production. I'm glad I got it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more or echo everything you've stated. Um, so prior to this campaign, I had four boxes of Everdell, which was a whole calyx shelf or, you know, one cube of a calyx or one shelf of a calyx shelf. <clears throat> and now not only did I gain and so the collector's box now houses those four. Plus the three that come with the campaign. So you've got seven boxes of content all in one. And that, and I know there's been this like surge of big box or giant edition or deluxe, but like I love consolidating and condensing 
games into as least amount of boxes as possible. And I think even one of our episodes, we, we like yell at Simon for not yes. doing this. And, uh, seeing Everdell and seeing Everdell be able to do it. Simon, get your act together. Come on. Yeah. I don't care if I have to buy another 30 pound box as yeah. long as it's all in a box that I can just carry and has the level of production quality this had. So awesome, awesome Kickstarter. I'm glad we both got everything. My only complaint for the whole thing was please God, you know, Starling or Tabletop Tycoon, whoever it is in the future that we back, just offer the option for screen printed tokens instead of making us put stickers on things. I spent no lie, probably four or five hours putting these goddamn meeple stickers on all of the Everdell meeples. And there are a lot of meeples. I don't know if you put a picture up on our Instagram of the tray of meeples from the complete collection that I finished, but Jesus God, it took forever. And they're so small and detailed. They're beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but my God, I don't ever want to have to do that again. Yes, I I posted the the snail and the armadillo because <laughs> those were amazing. Yeah, and the uh, the red tray with all the <clears throat> different pieces. Yep. Um. So there's definitely more to come. Uh. I um I've got three boxes of the player meeples done, and I have some of the rabbits done. I haven't started the frogs yet, the big frogs. So I still have a ways to go with my stickers, and I am not happy. But I'm going to get with through. With your stubby sausage <laughs> fingers, it's going to take forever, too. <laughs> yes. Well, I do sticker uh, commission work at a low rate of $100 an what? hour, so just let me know. <laughs> yeah, so does my wife. <laughs> she must really love you. All right, let's take a look at the review. So, Everdell, this has been around. And we're doing for, just base. Just we're gonna, base, We're right? just going to do the base game. We're not going to go yep. over our crazy okay. collector's editions or anything else. Let's just do the base game. Because uh, if anybody's interested in buying it and doesn't own it yet and enjoy the brilliance that is Everdell, you probably will Run, just pick up walk. the base game from Target, uh, which is available there now. I think for somewhere around 40 50 bucks, 40, something like that. 40 45 something like that. Yeah. yeah. Pretty reasonable cost. So. And, you get a, you, and you get a special or, you know. You have a target card or hit it during a sale, it's going to be even better. Yeah. You might be able to find that for under 40 bucks in some way. And this game under 40 bucks is a steal because it's, as we'll get into, incredibly well made. So uh, we yeah. review games off of five categories, theme, balance, fun, component quality, and replayability. We give it a final score average out of the five. And then we mention a little bit at the end if this game's going to make you lose your friends or not to stay in theme with our ridiculous podcast name. So – Everdell is a game about building a community in a forest. You're a bunch of little critters, mice or hedgehogs or squirrels, and you're you drafting name it, cards. It's in the game. <laughs> yes. You're drafting cards to uh, attract citizens and build buildings to attract citizens. And through this, you're scoring victory points and completing various objectives uh, for a final score to see who wins. So that's a pretty light summary of the game. Um, <clears throat> Everdell's been out for quite some time now, so. I'm sure a lot of folks that are listening to this have played it, but if you haven't, uh, we're going to talk in great detail about it now. So let's start with theme, uh, and this is your traditional fall down, flat on your face category. I think I nailed it, dude. I think I nailed it. All right. Go ahead. What do you have? Uh, I have a five because- Ooh, me too. 
I, <laughs> you get immersed in this little world. Um, it's almost like if you've ever been in the toy store, like the, uh, for like a, I think it's a, they're called calico critters. And it's like this, like little girls, you know, dollhouse type animal thing. And, you know, they have these little houses and these little, you know, villages and these, they all have occupations. And this game just like has that in spades. The board, the components, which we'll get into tied to the theme, I, I believe. Um, and, and the artwork, it's just, it's just all sings so well. And, and the building this village of critters, um, doing these, these, um, you know, the, the, I forget what, what are those, those quests called where you're trying to like get those, uh, those monuments or the events, right? Um, <clears throat> getting there first or doing that, you know, fastest. Um, uh, it's just, it's so, it just all ties together. It's just perfect. Yep. I'm a five two. Uh, I would be remiss to not mention Andrew Bosley bringing this oh, world to life art. visually. And, and there's another artist too. Um, I will have to look up the name in a second, but their vision for the game from a graphic design and, and art standpoint just makes this game ooze theme. Um, and the way you play is very similar too. you know, there's, there's gameplay mechanics that are even thematic. For example, if you have a farm and you can score both a husband and a wife, they can occupy the farm together and are worth extra victory points together. Um, there's just so many things that are super, super thematic about the cards, the gameplay, the events, the objectives, the art. It just weaves together so nicely. And this is a home run of a theme. So five as well. Uh, balance. Everdell is a tricky one. Uh, there is an absolutely massive deck of cards with this game. You get, I think, five or six cards to start, if I remember correctly. Um, but even after four players have been dealt the 24 or 35 cards or whatever that they're starting with, there is just an enormous deck of cards there. And so some of, sometimes you'll get in situations where you have a plan for your village based off some of your starting cards or some of the starting stuff that's out in what's called the meadow, which is a selection of eight cards that you can also play from or choose from. And, you might not see the cards you need the whole game because that deck is just so massive. There's also uh, cases where some folks will get certain combinations dealt to them at times that are really powerful or they'll have certain event combinations from their hand in the start. So it kind of balances out in the end, but there are a lot of times where one-off games, they can occasionally be sort of a runaway player because of that. And also I think – there's no real way to cycle through the deck quicker, which I think is something Everdell lacks. I know some of the expansions fix this, so I can't use that in this review. So I gave it a four for balance. I think it's very well balanced, but there's some areas where the original game fell down a little and, and some of the expansions fixed it. Uh, <clears throat> I 100% agree with you on this. Um, I also gave it a four. Um, I put it in uh, – again, I, I – I also look at other games and compare and contrast, uh, you know, similarly. Um, if you think about it, Wingspan has a giant deck of cards and you have to get them, you know, you have to make the most with what you get dealt or what you have. Um, uh, Oath is the same way. Like you draw certain cards, you get certain cards. You have to make the 
most. Fort, you know, when you're, when you're playing your cards and you're in your kids to your yard and trying to pull other kids and do you gamble on the ones you don't know? Um, so again, they, they, these are other games all similar, uh, in nature regarding this large amount of, of cards or large amount of, uh, I guess the randomness of, of, of just the sheer volume. So I had to go with a four. Yeah. I think the fact that we agree so closely there just kind of shows that that's pretty accurate. Cause usually we're, we're a little different on that one. I think, um, how about fun? What did you have for fun? So fun. I gave this a 4.5. Um, I think where, where I, I ding it a little bit is set up and tear down. It's, it's a lot. Um, the tree, uh, all the different tokens, you know, shuffling that large pile, getting all the events out and then doing the, you know, the, 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 the little boards on top of the boards. It's a lot. Um, now the gameplay, once it's all said and done, um, it is fun, but you also might run into, I think you mentioned like you're looking for something and it is just not happening. It's not coming up or it, it was already stolen. So you don't know whether it makes sense to play the card or not play the cards. So then you have, you have to, you're dealing with dead, you know, potentially dead cards or, or not optimal cards that you can play in your village. Uh, so I feel like that also adds to, uh, the fun factor. So there are turns where you might not be able to really do much. Um, so you just sort of go through the motions and try to make the best of it, but. It, it may not be the best turn you could have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a four, um, same reasons I think, but on top of that, I think, uh, I played so much Everdell at this point that the base game doesn't excite me the same way. Um, and thank God that they've made four expansions because they vary the game in so many different ways. But just looking at the base game, you can get a lot of play out of the base game. I probably played, I want to say like 50 games of Everdell so far. It's one of one of my favorite games in my collection and probably will stay that way for a very long time um, because of the theme and just how good the gameplay is. But um, it's now, a, it's a four for me. I think with the expansions, it could go up further, but I've just played it so many times and seen enough of those types of balance issues and frustration issues with the deck of cards being so large and uh, best laid plans getting squashed that it's, it's going to stay a four for me. Um, component quality. So I'm, I'm at a 4.5. Everdell is the first, I think one of the first games I own, if not the first game where I came home, I took it, I think I got, actually I got it as a Christmas gift from my, my wife and kids and I had wanted it for quite some time. They got me the collector's edition and I took it into the, the dining room, you know, not long after we moved into our new house and I was sitting down and just opening it up and going through all the components and just being like, this is what a board game should be like. It was just so, and I have the collector's edition, so I'll just say the base version for my review here, but it's just so well done. The art is so good. The cards are good. The ever tree, you know, the cardboard ever tree that stands up above the table and holds the bonus objectives is really, really cool. And adds a lot of flavor and theme to the game. The layout of the, of the meadow with everything around it, where you place your workers is really cool. Um, it's just such a good 
production overall that it's kind of like the benchmark for me for games moving forward from that point in time. Once I opened that box, I was like, this is so freaking cool. Like, why can't everybody do something this cool? So it's a 4.5 for me. And if, if I were reviewing any of the deluxe or, or collector's edition copies, it immediately goes up to the five because they upgrade all why, the tokens yeah. and coins and stuff. And they're, they're awesome. Why, why didn't it get a five? Because that's where I was at. I was at with a five. I think because um, there is a collector's edition, it's just that extra push for me. Like base version we're reviewing is, is a four and a half because there's a lot of cardboard and, a five to yeah, me but, has all those. Yeah, upgrades. but the cardboard is also well done. Right? It is the no question. Is good quality. The art on this cardboard is good. Um, yes, the deluxified components sort of are cooler, right? Little logs and little pebbles and the berries and little that pearls I and all that. Eat. I, like little the little little squish berries. Yes. Like I get it. Um, but to your point, like even buying the Target version off the shelf right now, that's a five for that game and for its price point. There's an insert. There's bags. The art is great. The card quality is great. The cardboard quality is great. The meeples. I mean, these are custom meeples that are unique to your player. So, um, I'm sorry. This is a five. Um, and I look in comparison to other games that we gave a five to, or at least I did, right? You look at like a wingspan, um, or, or a charter stone. It it is definitely in that world, and and Wingspan and Charterstone, those base games are the same, right? Yeah. There's no difference. You sold me. Um, I, so. I can't use the existence of a collector's edition with upgraded components. To That's knock. not a knock. That's not a <laughs> yeah. knock. No, you're I right. Mean, All right, the fact I that will it amend exists my is review. Awesome. You're damn right. You will. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Starling to hurt me in my sleep. All right, let's say a five then. That's they're going to send little. Axolotl assassins after you. Yes. Good luck. Uh, what would you have for, for replayability? So I think you mentioned it, right? You have a like, what, 40, 50 hours of game in that base. Um, and you won't get old. It won't get old. It won't get um, stale. Um, because there's so much uniqueness to the events and the characters. And again, there's a lot of them. You may not see them all. You may not see uh, all the different aspects for it. Um, so, and, and I know it doesn't necessarily play into it, but knowing how much other content exists, uh, I, I went with the five. And that's not to take away from the base, because there's a lot of content in that base box. Yeah, so I'm a four and a half. Um, I could play this over and over and have played this over and over. Uh, the only thing that bugs me about it sometimes is like playing with the same group over and over and over again. and. You know, sometimes people kind of exploit some of the more powerful stuff. I know there's a lot of random setups, but there are some cards that tend to be more powerful. And if you ever play the digital version of Everdell, you'll see this. Almost every computer player hate drafts the crane. Uh, <laughs> it's the such crane. a powerful card in that game. And so there, there's a few cards like that. This kind of ties into balance a little bit too, but you can also, you know, in a four player game, there's only so many cards to go around and that deck so huge, you may not see all of them. So it kind of evens itself out a little bit, but. Um, there are some definite power spike cards in this game. They're, they're subtle, but they're there. And I think, you know, once you played with an experienced group, it, it just kind of gets a little predictable. The expansions change that obviously a lot, but we're again reviewing just the base game. So I gave it a, a 4.5. I could always play Everdell. If someone ever comes up to me and says, you want to play Everdell? The answer is always going to be yes. Um, 
but the same group over and over tend to exploit some things. And I think that can get a little predictable. So four and a half. Um, final score for me was a 4.5 with my amended, uh, five for component <laughs> quality. How about you? Um, <clears throat> so I'm at a 4.7, which ties the previous quite high, higher or the, the previous highest game that also had a 4.7 and that's wingspan. Um, if you look at these two games, there's a lot in those games. Um, it's almost the exact same numbers and the exact same columns. Like it's just, these are just two exquisite games and they are, um, I, I think should be in everyone's collection. Um, they're that good. Yep. I would agree. I think Everdell is a very unique game too, in that it's a mix of worker placement and tableau building. Uh, it's one of the first to do it really well, in my opinion. And on top yeah. of that, the theme is just so – it just draws you in. It's so cute yet strategic and that, fun. Well, it balances it, right? It like does. The worker placement is an annoying worker placement. And the tableau building you know, is done with unique and creative and cute art, right? It's not just blech, tiles, yeah. right? Like, you know, so it, it has – you know, and it, and it blends both of those very well together. And there's a lot of little mechanics in this game that I think add to it, uh, like the occupied stuff where if you build a building, you can attract the villager to live in it and not pay the cost. Uh, I think the, yeah, the variety upgrades, of, right? Yeah, the variety of worker placement spaces that do things other than just here's a resource. Like there's some that give you straight up victory yeah. points. There's some that let you claim objectives. There's some that let you discard cards for resource. Like you have so much choice, um, but you're still trying to go for some key ones. And then the variable forest locations are cool. So that there's so many other like small yet simple but powerful introductions to that genre of game. They've just much like Dominion kind of did for deck builders, they've kind of set like the foundation for non-heavy Euro style worker placement games. And I think Everdell is a banner game because of that. So will this make you lose friends? No, I think it's a nice, uh, fun, uh, whimsical where, yes, you can get mad when someone takes the, you know, the wife, <laughs> When she comes up and always want to the husband, right? But uh, or vice versa, depending on your preference. But uh, it, uh, I, I have it as a no. I, I you don't get mad. You, you, there's temporary like meh, like grumpiness, but like you don't get mad. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. If you get mad playing Everdell, you probably should be medicated or seek therapy. Uh, <laughs> it's a very chill game. You're kind of – I don't want to say you're playing solitaire because you're competing for spaces of where you place your workers and stuff yeah. um, and, and for cards. But it's it's a little it's a little less solitary than wingspan but not to the point where you're ever going to get pissed off at each other. So I think it's a, it's a definite no. So <coughs> excuse me. So Everdell, if you have the opportunity to pick it up at Target or another you know local f friendly game store – uh, at a decent price, I would highly recommend you do it if you haven't already. And if you're an Everdell aficionado and you already own, you know, the base game or uh, an expansion or two, you should take a look at the complete collector's edition. It is an enormous box, but if you're an Everdell fan, it's worth the price because it comes with everything in it. And and even if you don't get that, the new expansions uh, standalone are pretty cool. Absolutely, and they all add unique, cool stuff. They do. 
And in fact, the one I think it's uh, is it Mistwood. Well, the ones are all Mistwood. solo one too, right? Yeah, Mistwood is is actually there's ways to make it co-op too, which is kind of cool. So I, I oh. mentioned that to uh, my wife. I think we're going to give that one a shot first before any of the others get played. So looks like fun. And now that all the stickers are done, I can actually feel comfortable playing it. No naked meeples. Because you were so inadequate without the stickers. Yes. Couldn't even look her in the eye. Ridiculous. <laughs> all right. Brings us to the last segment of the show tonight, and that is Backbought. And you told me before we started hit recording tonight that this may be the the, the lowest backed bot list ever in Play Games Lose Friends history. Yeah, it it it, it is. Um so from sticking with like the Everdell collector's box theme of like you know the giant box that houses all your collection uh I purchased the wingspan nesting box that also comes with the new Asian bird expansion and I guess this thing sold out in like 4 hours I don't remember cuz I was on top of it wow. right like but <laughs> <laughs> um, second printing is coming, I think, next year or late this year. And I already got my shipping notice today. So that was what? Last <laughs> Thursday, right? Was it last Thursday, last Wednesday? Yeah, uh, something that it like dropped? that. So like less than a week away and it's shipping. And what this does is it's, it's, a, it's a giant storage solution. Apparently, it fits perfectly in a Calyx. Uh, and it combines the base game and the three, uh, expansions, uh, with or without the crazy playmats, uh, that you could buy separate or extra. So I'm looking forward to it. Also, I believe it's got enough space for the future, which is a risky thing to do, but I think if anyone can do it, Stonemeyer can. So I'm excited about that. They're going to do the Arctic uh, expansion where it's just three types of penguins and nothing else. <laughs> or just uh, I was going to I was going to go dark with it, but I guess I'll stop. <laughs> you can go dark. Um this is a safe space so, for dark. <laughs> um and then the only other thing that I purchased was a new expansion from Renegade for the GI Joe deck building uh game. They are bring in the if you I don't know if anyone else out there is a, a fan of GI Joe um but it was part of my youth and adulthood <laughs> in a way so um one of my favorite movies was the GI Joe cartoon movie uh, I think it's a phenomenal film regardless of the you know the characters and everything uh and this new expansion uh gets into some of the the recruits from that movie that get brought in and the dreadnoughts which are some of the coolest characters in the GI Joe universe. So to get them in card game form, I'm just super excited. So I I pre-ordered that expansion. Uh, I'm just going through different that. childhood IPs for you. We got He-Man knocked yeah. out and we got GI Joe. We need a ThunderCats yeah. game. Well, they did put they did make ThunderCats zombicide figures, but I didn't bite yeah, no, so, that's not going to cut it for me. Yeah. I need to be same. able to play a card that makes Snarf do something fun or stupid. Yeah, like if I don't get to do that noise when Mumra goes yeah. from the mummy <laughs> to the big guy, like that's not thematic. <laughs> nope, not going to cut it. Uh, so those are the two things I purchased. Amazing. Um, 
Amazing. So, uh, and we should say yeah, that we're, like, we're going to PAX in less than a month, so you may have that in the back of your mind as to how much shit you're going to end up buying when we get there, or I should say we're buying for you. Well, I just, how do I put this? There's not a lot that's like poking at me. And I, and I have a little story to tell of, of a little bit of a disappointment. And maybe that is, uh, has been weighing on me, which I'll talk about after, but what did you buy? So I didn't buy. You still being a good boy? Yeah, I didn't buy anything. Uh, there were a couple things that I was close to purchasing, uh, but held off. Uh, I did sell, like I mentioned, one copy of Verdant that paid some of my Verdant copy that I kept. Uh, but I didn't buy anything, but I did back two new things. So, uh, you had fired off. I was kind of watching for it and forgot about it, but the seasons of Arcadia Kickstarter, it's a little two to four player yep. abstract game. Um, that was on your Gen Con list, right? It was. It looked pretty neat, and the Kickstarter came out. It was pretty reasonably priced, so they did get funded. They've got five days left, and they're like about 130% funded, so they did pretty well. Uh, it looks pretty cool. It looks pre- pretty simple. Um, you can play it in teams, so that'll work on our board game nights, too, if we decide to go with that. So uh, that one looks interesting. And then uh, we mentioned earlier Fit to Print. I back that as well. Um, you know, flat out's just doing a lot of good stuff right now and fit to print looks like another good spatial puzzle game. So have Cascadian Verdant might as well go for the trifecta and pick that up as well. Um, but that was it for backbought. I did get, like I mentioned, the Everdell um, complete collection in and Verdant in from Kickstarter. I also have um, mind management coming, which is a hidden movement game still on the fence. If I want to keep it or not, I think I might, cause I don't have anything like that in my collection and it might be kind of fun. Um, and I also have dice thrown, uh, Santa versus Krampus on the way. So those are all that I'll be getting. I am holding off on buying cause my list for packs just keeps growing and growing and God help me if I buy them all, I might as well just not come home, just drive to Mexico <laughs> and live in an adobo with all of my games. <laughs> well, at least find one near the beach. I'll come visit. So, yeah, uh, try. So for me, from a backed perspective, I am currently backing uh, the newest expansion for Oceans, which oh, also, yeah, so, uh, speaking of these giant boxes to put everything in, <laughs> is also, they came out with this giant box to put the base and all that stuff with the new solo expansion and the new Legends expansion all in one. So I'm like, okay, I guess I got to get that. I don't know. I'm uh, who knows. I have to. I've, I just backed it on you know without researching it because I love the original uh, or the base game for Oceans. So I'll swing back and look through it in more detail. I've got like twenty days or so to do that, and then uh, from uh, uh, previously backed that have now uh, joined the collection is the game called Land of Galzir, which is from Snowdale. And those are the guys that brought Dale of Merchants. So this is a narrative sort of adventure RPG-ish type game where you are a creature from the uh, Dales of Merchants universe. Uh, the four characters are, a, uh, I think it's a, like a ferret, a frilled lizard, a kookaburro, and <laughs> I can't think of the fourth one. But they're like oh, super cool, God. same art style. Uh, so I am so excited and ready to to, to embark on this and uh, 
Uh, again, I, I love that world. I love that art. I love that theme. So I'm hoping this game is good. Um, the, the player boards are really unique too. Yeah, uh, it's got the dial cool. mechanism, but then like where you get the powers of the different animals or your different character, there's like a little, like a little plastic, like half circle. And then you can upgrade a skill twice. So like you get a little piece and then the outer rim of it is a, like another like sort of half circle. So, but like it all then forms a full circle in, in all these different, uh, I guess sort of skill checks or, or skill things that you can, uh, specialize in. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, again, just can't wait to just look at all the art. Uh, and again, it was beautifully. There's a, there's a, a checklist on like how to set the game up so you can save it and you can start it and take it, you know, again, it's very, it's just, it's basically cards and, 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 and an HTML page that will walk you through the story, uh, like a little app, like an online app. So I'm just super pumped and super excited uh, to try this one. Yeah. I think it's cool. They decided to do a narrative thing in that world because it is a pretty, uh, vibrant. It's so, it's awesome. funny just from the, the Dale of Merchants games. They've just, and I don't know if there was other stuff in that universe, but just from those, you're always kind of intrigued a, a little bit about the lore and the world. It's, it's very cool. Well, the only other game that they put out in that world was called Dawn of the Peacemakers. And it, it always intrigued me, but never enough to pull the trigger on it. Where I guess you are. So there's a war going on between two clans. I think it's like the Chameleons and the Blue Jays or Hat whatever. Fields and the McCoys. Yeah, basically. And you're trying to be the peacemaker between them. However, it gets it's kind of weird that like you you end up fighting to then have peace, which I guess thematically makes sense. But like, so you're basically trying to like choose who wins and, and, and you're almost king making between these two worlds and, and, um, but it's competitive. So like multiple people can try to keep the peace. So it's kind of interesting. Um, I've watched a couple of videos on it and just never pulled the trigger, but it's, uh, it's one I just sort of keep on the back burner just to then, you know, say, Hey, I got the whole, I guess, world of Galzier, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, and then the last thing, which is the part that I think I mentioned that just really got me super sad. And super just like, ugh, was, uh, Mini Market, uh, sent me a notification that said one of my pre-orders was, uh, no longer coming to retail. And the game was Fight Club, the home edition. And I was a little like, I scratched my head a little bit about it. And like, it's not about, you know, getting the reimbursement because Mini Market's gonna, you know, cut me a check or whatever. Cause I pre-ordered this like two years ago at this point or maybe a year and a half ago. And, um, but what I found out, I guess, was the designer of this game got into trouble. So the publisher is, I guess, severing ties. And there's a chance this game is never going to see light of day. That sucks. Uh, which really bugs me. Uh, and I'm bummed out about it. And I just wish we could separate things, right? Like maybe this guy's a horrible human being, but that doesn't mean that this board game shouldn't be put out. I, I, I don't know. And I don't want to dive into it too deep, but it just feels super dumb 
So it bummed me out. So now I'm like, I don't know. I was just not going on sites, not looking at games. <laughs> it just bummed me out. Aww. And again, I didn't do my research because I don't care what this guy did. I don't care about that shit. Like, I, I'm sure it's horrible or whatever, or, or maybe it's a legend. I don't know. I don't care. The point is, I wanted this game because I'm a fan of Fight Club, and I like the two, the the it, it, you know, this two player game where it was you versus Tyler Durden. So it was you versus yourself, basically. That's cool. And there's something about that I'm just so excited and happy about. And now, the fact that this night may not be a thing is just so just really bums me out. So, so that's my like little sad, somber board game news. <laughs> well, way to end on a good note. So, yeah, I mean, how silly is that though? Am I wrong? I don't know. I don't like without context, who knows, but yeah, like separation yeah. of person and product is sometimes hard for people to comprehend. Just cut his name from the box and just put the game out. Yeah. Maybe they right? still like, have to pay him. Who knows? <laughs> Or maybe it was something with the I publisher. I don't know. It sucks, but I don't know. I just it's the way the world works. Yeah. So I bug him. It, it well, I have good news for you for a couple of days. <laughs> Next episode, we're going to talk about our packs list. Not only the stuff we're going to bring to play, which I think we're getting a little more wise and not bringing as much, but all the stuff that we're yeah. looking forward to picking up there. And I think we're going to cover our top five most anticipated games. From packs that we will likely be leaving the the, the show with, so we can uh, we can cheer you up with that list next episode. How's that yeah, sound? Like? Yeah, yeah, it. Uh, I'm excited because uh, I definitely. Uh, did I, I? I don't know if I sent you some of the, the newer things that I've been looking at. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, uh, we're both just sitting here every day adding things to this list. That's at the point. I think I have like almost 20 titles now i'm like oh my god i gotta not buy 20 titles or i'm dead yeah so i, yeah, I really no, have I, like a top five and i'm gonna try to stick to that but we'll see we'll see how things go you know you come across some uh some lower price stuff that's really good and you know there's always something one or two uh titles at a show that you've never seen from smaller publishers that just surprise you so yeah we'll, we'll see how that goes but that is the plan. So next episode, we're going to do our PAX preview, and then we probably won't record until after PAX. Uh, it'll be it'll be that time. So uh, we'll have our yeah. PAX recap show, and then I think the plan is to have, uh, you know, our, start the new year out right. Our, our year end show to kind of cover 2022 and talk about our favorite games and everything we enjoyed for the year from board gaming and didn't enjoy, and then we're going to start the new year off with our top fifty top fifty games. I don't. I don't know how I'm going to rank them. It's that's such a hard thing to do, but we we will get there. We're going to split it up into two episodes and see how things go, and maybe we'll make this a tradition every year. I like the idea. All credit to you for suggesting. I like annual traditions. I do too. <laughs> the board games are a good one to start. So, well, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks again for everybody who joins us every yes. single time we record one of these silly episodes, 90 minutes of board game talk from the two of us. Yeah, chuckleheads. We appreciate all of you. I don't know how yeah. all of you do it, but you do and you keep tuning in. So keep doing it. You can visit us Please. online at www.playgamesloosefriends.com to find all our old episodes. You can visit us on Instagram at instagram.com slash playgamesloosefriends. You can hit us up through email at playgamesloosefriends at gmail.com if you have questions about the show, comments, or just want to shoot the shit a little. And you can hit us up on Twitter at PGLF Show. Also, please, if you have time, leave us a 
good review, bad review, any review on your favorite podcasting software just to help get the show out to more people. Ken, any final words of wisdom tonight before we head out? Just to add the uh, rate, review, subscribe. We really appreciate it. And thank you all who've uh, stuck with us since the beginning. Uh, and again, it's just uh, we're about to hit our one year and uh, we're excited for next year. There's a lot on the a lot in the uh, in the can, so to speak, and a lot of ideas, a lot of people we're talking to. So next year, hopefully, is uh, is even better. So, yes, thank you all. Agreed. It's been very humbling to get feedback from folks and have some co- contest participants and have some board games sent to us from publishers and getting you know advanced copies of stuff so we can review it's it's just been a real fun year lots of cool stuff and we've got more coming to finish this year out so stay tuned thanks again everybody for listening and we will see you next time in the meantime make sure you play a whole bunch of games and don't lose your friends especially if you're playing everdell later